Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today we are talking about sleep and an unusual experiment designed to study it. Imagine going to a camp where the director is a sleep scientist and you go to bed hooked up to a machine that monitors your brainwaves every night. We'll meet the scientist who started Sleep Camp and find out what it's taught us about the need for Zs. Hi, my name is Jojo and I am 8 years old. My question is, why do people need sleep? I think people need sleep because they had a long day and they need to get refreshed. Yeah, that's a really great question, Jojo. I know that if I don't sleep, I'm really just a total mess the next day. I can vouch for that. We humans spend about a third of our lives asleep. Marshall, probably half. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. (laughs) But what exactly is sleep doing for us? To find out, we gave Jojo's question to Mary Karskiden, a sleep scientist. Ah, Jojo, I wish I had that answer. I would be queen of sleep if I did. We still don't know the function for sleep. Wait, what? We don't know why we need sleep? I feel like this is something that we should have figured out by now. I know. I feel like I've heard so many things about why sleep is important for us and things that it's doing for us. But we do know that there's probably more than one reason to get a good night's sleep. It's probably a cluster of things that sleep does that makes it possible for us to be well and functioning and succeeding when we're awake. Even though no one has really pinpointed exactly why we sleep, scientists do know that sleep is 100% necessary for more than just humans. We know it is fundamental to life in pretty much all organisms, all, should we say, mammals, invertebrates, and fish, and even flies, and worms. But why they sleep, we don't know. I've never thought about flies sleeping. Or worms. I wonder what their dreams are like. Probably involving a lot of dirt, or getting chased through dirt (laughs) by larger worms, or robins. (laughs) And then I woke up and it was all a dream. (laughs) Surprisingly, scientists really didn't study how complex sleep is until about 60 years ago. If you think about it, most people think, well, sleep is kind of like putting your car in the garage at night. You know, you drive in the garage, you turn it off, and you leave it there, you get up in the morning, and there it is. Well, our brains and bodies aren't like that. There's a lot going on when we sleep. Mary says that good sleep helps regulate our hormones, our growth, our brain development, and our immune system. And basically, what's keeping our life on track is our biological clock. Biological clock? The biological clock isn't a real clock, despite what I know you're about to say. (laughs) We don't have a watch just in our brain? (laughs) No, but it's a part of our brain that tells us when it's time to go to sleep and when it's time to wake up. Everybody's clock is different. Some people like to stay up late at night, and some people naturally wake up early in the morning. That's not me. Nobody I know. (laughs) (laughs) Some people like to have a lot of sleep, and some people are fine on less. So Mary is interested in how this clock works, especially in kids. So how does she do research on that? Well, she set up something called Sleep Camp. 
sleep camp, like s'mores, swimming in the lake, singing songs, bunk beds, scary stories. This is really a different kind of camp. It is like a science camp, but the kids are the science. So the first sleep camps were held at, when I was at Stanford, and we rented a dormitory during the summertime, and we brought all kinds of equipment over. I would go to grab one machine and another one, grab another one, and then we would set up the dormitory to have bedrooms and sleep recording equipment. I mean, this is probably not the way that most camp counselors are setting up for the summer. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't even heard about the headgear yet. Campers wear special equipment that allows the scientists to monitor their brain activity. (laughs) What? So the kids wore electrodes that we put on their heads and faces and uh, would sleep hooked up to our machinery. So they're basically like summertime guinea pigs. Yeah, the whole point of the camp is to monitor the kids' sleep. And then we would test their sleep at night. Then we would do some tests during the daytime uh, for sleepiness and cognitive function, reaction time, things like that. Uh, But we also had kind of campy things. So in the old days of sleep camp, the kids would go out and play volleyball and they'll go bowling on the university campus. So the kids were there walking around with their wires on and having a great time doing it. Sleep camp has been going on for three decades at this point. And during that time, they've learned that in order to get the best results for their experiments, they need a more controlled environment. So they move the camp completely underground. And the kids are, you know, indoors the whole time. So it's not like other camps. There's no horseback riding or canoeing because they're indoors under dim light. Nothing says summer fun like being indoors under dim light. Well, you know, light can really impact sleep. So the researchers wanted to learn how kids would sleep if there was nothing besides their bodies telling them when it was time to go to bed. So they want to understand each camper's internal clock, like when they want to make lanyards or other craft projects, put on musicals. No, it's just the sleep part. So what are the activities they do at sleep camp now? Um, uh, We play a lot of board games Oh, that's fun. Like Settlers of Catan, I hope. Marshall, I really think this is a summer camp for you. (laughs) (laughs) I think it is. I think it's a fun environment, and even now, in spite of the sort of confined space that we have. So I guess if you like board games and sleeping and contributing to science, this is really the camp for you. Sleep camp sessions can be anywhere from a few days to three weeks, depending on the experiment. Every counselor is actually in training to become a scientist. And while they play with the kids, they're also collecting data about how sleepy they are. So during that Monopoly game, is this making you tired? What if I buy Marvin Gardens? (laughs) Are you tired now? (laughs) So they also study how tired the campers are at different times of the day using a special kind of popsicle you'll never want to eat. Uh, we have a freezer full of spitzicles. Spitzicles? <laughs> the measure that we use to tell what time it is in the clock, we get from saliva samples. So why did they need these spitzicles? They were testing the kids' saliva throughout the day for something called melatonin. Melatonin is a hormone that is produced 
when the body thinks it's nighttime or when the brain thinks it's nighttime. So again, back to that clock that lives in the brain, it sends a message to uh, the pineal gland and it produces melatonin during the biological night. Melatonin tells our internal clock when it's time to go to sleep and each spitzicle represents 30 minutes on that clock. So we're looking to see when the hands of the clock tell us it's nighttime in the brain. The spitzicles help the sleep counselor see what time of the day the kids' bodies were tired. So that way they could learn more about how much sleep they need. These campers are really total heroes for sleep science. So what has Mary learned from these camps? Well, before sleep camp, Scientists believe that as we get older, we need less sleep. So Mary wanted to test that hypothesis by learning how long kids were sleeping at night over the course of many summers. So the hypothesis was their sleep at night would be less, but they wouldn't show anything the worse for it in the daytime. In other words, she thought that each year the kids would get an hour less sleep, but be just as alert and awake as they had been the year before. That makes sense. Bedtime gets later as you get older, and that seems to be okay. Well, that's what everyone thought. But the results of sleep camp showed that something different was happening. On average, regardless as they were 10 or 15 or 17, they slept nine and a quarter hours. Wait, so the kids were sleeping the same amount no matter how old they were? Yeah. And what's more, they found that the older kids actually acted sleepier during the day than younger kids, even though they were getting the exact same amount of sleep. We did not confirm the conventional wisdom. And that was that was really, you know, one of those, oh, whoa, look what science told us. We, we're not sleeping less during adolescence because we need less sleep. So that means that adolescents, which are teenagers, should go to bed really early, right? Like 7 p.m. Well, here's the thing. They actually can't. They physically can't because their biological clocks have been set back. So that clock in our, that tiny little molecular clock in the middle of our brains um, is tuned to a later time as you pass through adolescence. And so when you're 10, it may be tuned for the biological night to start at, say, 9 o'clock. When you're 15, it may be tuned for that biological night to start at 10 o'clock. And so if you try to go to bed earlier, it's not your biological night yet. So as kids get older, their bodies change in a lot of ways. And one of these changes is their internal clock. Wow, so our biological clock can go through like a time change. Like there's some little biological newscaster being like, remember, adolescence means fall back. Yeah, and no one had ever suspected that before. So there's actually science behind kids getting later bedtimes. Right. And what's interesting is that when Mary started her study, she had predicted that she would get the exact opposite result. But as often happens in science, she was wrong, and in the process, she made a really interesting discovery. So we know what it means in sleep camp, but what does all this mean in real life? Well, it means there's a big difference when we talk about what time kids should be getting up for school. And that's where the issue of school start time 
comes in that really can help many children manage to get adequate sleep by just not having to get up and be at school so early in the mornings. So she's saying that school should start later. Well, that's her official recommendation. And the other thing is that it's important to take sleep seriously. We don't respect sleep. You know, let's just park this brain for as short a time as possible and come back and go right back at it again. Based on her research, Mary's become an advocate for later school times to maximize sleep for middle and high school students who physically need to get more sleep in the morning. So we can't exactly answer JoJo's question about why sleep is important. But just know that every summer, there's a basement of kids hooked up to electrodes, playing board games and dozing off doing their part to find out. So we want to know, if you were to set up your own summer camp for science, what would you study? Like, what kinds of activities would your guinea pigs, I mean, campers, do? (laughs) I think just lots of jump rope. (laughs) I think I would set up lots of jump rope. Well, do you want to hear my idea? What's your idea? I would have a puppy camp where we would pet puppies all day and find out which puppies people think are cutest by measuring their brain waves. (laughs) I'd love to pet a puppy while hooked up to a machine. I'll pet a puppy in any scenario, and if I have to go to a summer camp to do it, (laughs) all the better. Let us know what kind of camp you would start by emailing us at tumblepodcast at gmail.com. So this episode has been about sleep science, and we found out that a band called The Pop-Ups have a song called The Science of Sleep. Did you know when we sleep our heart, it beats even softer? The circulation gets a little break. Did you know There's a chemical that helps you grow taller That your body doesn't make when you're awake Your eyes move when you dream It's not as simple as it seems To hear the rest, check out the pop-up's new album about science, Giants of Science. Thanks to Mary Karskaden, professor at the Department of Psychiatry and Human Behavior at the Alpert Medical School of Brown University. She's also director of the Sleep and Chronobiology Research Lab at the Bradley Hospital. Thanks to JoJo for asking such a fantastic question. Send us your science question by using the contact form on our website, sciencepodcastforkids.com. And if you click on our blog, you'll find a post with more information about the fascinating science of sleep. If you want to hear more podcasts to help gear up for summer, you're in luck. Check out the great Kids Listen podcasts like Book Club for Kids and Buttons and Figs for more summer-themed episodes. Just download the Kids Listen app, recently approved by Common Sense Media. And don't forget, you can always sign up to support Tumble at patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. Sarah Lentz reported and wrote this episode. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I edited and produced it. And I'm Marshall Escamilla. 
Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more stories of science discovery.